there's been um, a lot of technology solutions given at healthcare and maybe not really thought about the optimal workflow. And so nurses have a lot of tools in their toolkit, but they're not designed to work together efficiently and effectively. There's so much data in healthcare that they're overwhelmed by which reports to look at. There are so many audits and regulatory requirements coming at them that a nurse leader has to work way over the number of hours we'd want them to just to do their job. And so I think um, there's a mountain for us to climb. Have you ever wished you had a healthcare provider on speed dial? Someone you could call to validate your product market fit. Someone to listen and help you see your solution differently. Welcome to Healthcare Market Matrix, a podcast to help you see your market clearly. We dive deep into the challenges faced by healthcare organization leaders that technology has the chance to help them solve. It's all about gaining the kind of understanding you need to effectively connect with your market. Join us as we explore the healthcare market matrix. We are privileged to be joined in the Healthcare Market Matrix studios today by none other than Nicole Tremblett. And Nicole is the Vice President of the Information Technology Group, responsible for nursing and HR technologies and identity access for none other than HCA. Now, here's what I want you to know. Nicole has what I would consider to be a remarkable 27-year tenure at HCA. And Nicole, I was... I was looking back at my LinkedIn at the people I know over there that you work with and around just because I was curious. And uh, I, I'm guessing that you and Marty Paslick, who's currently the CIO, were hired just about the same time, if I'm not mistaken. You might have 10 years on me. 10 years at HCA? 10 extra years. 37, oh, I believe, for him. So, so <laughs> LinkedIn's only only a little bit uh, verifiable, but he's been there for a while. Um, Chad Wasserman, who oversees operations for a chunk of the IT group, was there a little bit before you. And I think Jay Levy, who I know leads a lot or led a lot of the software development over there, must have helped pour the foundation at the headquarters building because he was he was there for 30 years or so. Um, but, you know, you are certainly one of the more tenured information tech execs over there, which makes sense <laughs> why you have purview over nursing and HR technologies and identity access, because my goodness, talk about some of the hot seats right now. Um, those are those are certainly that. Um, and I should just mention that Nicole is also part of our advisory board. And I want to take just a second to tell you why I'm excited about that, because Nicole is passionate about helping bring innovation to healthcare. And when I told her about being a part of our advisory board, that would, and that would mean that she'd have the chance to speak into some health tech companies to help them improve how they bring their solutions to forward in the market, she was all in. Um, she, she wants to be a part of the solution, contribute to the solution in meaningful ways. So Nicole, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Thanks for joining us here. Thanks for having me. So let's let's talk about, I mean, certainly looking at the uh, the information universe around nursing and and HR. I don't think I if, if somebody were to ask me the two hot 
issues right now in healthcare, I would say that's the that's the epicenter. Is that your perspective of things? That, that is absolutely my perspective. Um, nursing is the heart of healthcare, and we have to help our nurses um, in this challenging time. And then when we think about HR experiences and onboarding and giving the colleague the best experience they can while they're at work and understanding what's going on, the whole person comes to work and treating everybody um, with respect. I think both of those are absolutely paramount to um, healthcare in general. Yeah, it's it's super critical. And talk talk us through, and I know for a lot of folks listening, there's some pretty clear familiarity with some of these issues, but if you were to, to kind of rewind the last three years and talk about what's happened to bring us to what many would consider the crisis point we're at right now in, in the nursing realm and in and around HR, tell that, tell that story. What were some of the factors and the, the, the way you saw things play out and the implications that it's had? I think um, we always saw a nursing shortage coming on the horizon and people were getting plans in place for how to deal with that. The pandemic expedited that. Uh, nurses were at the front line working um, their hearts out in times that were uncertain and scary. Yep. And I think after they lived through that, many nurses decided to exit the profession and uh, pursue other things. So now we're left with a nursing shortage, I believe, years in advance of where we thought they would be, and nurses that have uh, carried a lot of burden with them. And we need to create an environment that is um, that is that has less administrative tasks for them, that lets them be at the bedside and do what they absolutely love to do, which is care for patients. Yeah. And so there's certainly some opportunities for technology to help that happen. What I what I also know and what I've heard is that, especially from the nurses' perspectives, and, and this is true of pretty much anybody I've talked to in the clinical profession, when the, their natural association with technology is not necessarily assistive. It usually is a layer of additional stuff to do. And talk about that a little bit. How, how have you seen that? Uh, and how are you looking to help alleviate some of that impression? Um, I think uh, in that case, perception's reality. There has <laughs> been um, a lot of technology solutions given at healthcare and maybe not really thought about the optimal workflow. And so nurses have a lot of tools in their toolkit, but they're not designed to work together efficiently and effectively. There's so much data in healthcare that they're overwhelmed by which reports to look at. There are so many audits and regulatory requirements coming at them that a nurse leader has to work um, way over the number of hours we'd want them to just to do their job. And so I think um, there's a mountain for us to climb. I think step one is, hey, there's a lot of awareness around it. We have done a lot in the healthcare space um, to advance technology, and now we've really got to make it all work together to release that burden on everyday nurses and especially nurse leaders. So look, tell us a little bit about your reporting structure. How are you set in the organization and, uh, and how does that end up affecting your purview on bringing some of those types of solutions forward? 
Yeah, so um, our um, organization, ITG, is about actually 7,000 people strong. Uh, We have, um, obviously, IT people at elbow to elbow with um, nurses and physicians in our hospitals, but then we have almost 60% of the folks here at the corporate headquarters that are responsible for everything from uh, support services and operations right through product development and supporting our products. My organization specifically uh, now reports to the operations role to Chad Wasserman, and um, we are directly aligned with the senior vice president of each of the specific areas. So you think about nursing for HCA Healthcare, Sammy Mosier is the chief nursing executive. I work closely with Sammy and her team on solutions to make the lives of nurses better. Gotcha. Um, I've definitely heard from a number of our clients and some others that uh that having the opportunity, I guess, selling into HCA is the best of times and the worst of times, kind of a tale of two cities and uh, motif there. It's uh, it's not, and and I can understand, you just iterated something that helps me understand some of why. I mean, it's a 7,000 person org that you're you're navigating. It's not a, and, and nobody, you know, that knows HCA thinks it's a simple equation. There's, uh, it is a vast, uh, complex organism for sure. But uh, talk a little bit about, you know, what are some of the factors that organizations who are who may have a good solution that they're wanting to bring forward, uh, what do they need to be considering as they are looking at, at having opening up conversations with you and some of your team and associates? I think when you think about working with any large organization, you know, how do you get the peak, the interest of um, those that are working directly in your space? I think one of the things that we find with small organizations, they have solutions, but they don't necessarily always be able to are able to articulate our environment very well. And so I think the key is really understanding the problem statement. And is it a problem for the organization you're targeting right now? And if it is, who do you need to talk to? And great ways to, I think, connect with organizations, large organizations, is obviously just internal referrals, right? If you know somebody who knows somebody that can open a door, that's always a great opportunity. We love to listen and learn. I think our Nashville Technology Council and things that go on there, that is a kind of a gateway for a lot of technologies here in town, uh, brings them a lot of visibility. I think um, we have lots of conferences and networking events that people can get together at, roundtable events, and that's always a nice way, too, to get connected to new ideas and what people are thinking and doing. Gotcha. What? um, So I know there are a lot of things competing for your attention right now, Uh, a lot of uh, potential opportunities. Talk about how you are, um, how you're weighing those opportunities as you are looking at decisions and and how how you uh, evaluate what are some of the things that you might spend some time to uh, to work to implement. I think when we think about it, let's think about three factors, right? Will it um, improve the quality of care? Will it improve our outcomes for our patients? And will it bring efficiency to our bedside nurses? 
And so when you think about the three of those, often if you can get one, it's, it's, it's an equation in itself. However, if you can hit a couple of those factors um, at the same time, I think your solution really gets some legs. And so I think about, you know, our earlier conversation about relieving burden from our bedside nurses. How do you bring them efficiencies in their day-to-day where they have data when they need it? Um, When they walk in a room, people know they're there and they automatically get the information they need to care for a patient. So just thinking through what the future could look like. Gotcha. And so if you're looking now at what what are some of the things, let's take nursing to start with, as you're evaluating opportunities and looking at some solving some of the problems, what are, what's in your critical path currently? What are some of the things that you're evaluating and the technologies that you're looking at now? And what are some of the things on the horizon that you're, you're you know that you need to be considering that you're uh, you're exploring? I think um, thinking about a modern patient room and how the TV can be a convergent point for care. Thinking about uh, some of these facilities you go in, they're a million square feet. So if a family member is visiting and a physician is a mile away in the facility, how can you use a virtual care opportunity? They could do a consult through the TV to talk to the patient and the family at the same time. There are certain things when you think about a virtual nursing platform uh, a nurse does a lot of documentation, and we want great documentation in our health records, right? That helps us understand, helps the whole care team understand what's going on with the patient. But does a nurse at the bedside really need to do all that documentation? Can a nurse that is a virtual nurse working from a command center or at home help with the burden of that documentation by doing admission history, med, med rec, discharge instructions? and really engage with the patient through a modern platform and spend quality time with that patient, right? A lot of times a bedside nurse is very distracted. There's a, an alarm going off in the room next door. Their phone is buzzing. So they're trying to gather information and type it into the EHR as time permits. But a virtual nurse can spend quality time with that patient, having that dialogue and really getting great information. So I think that modern patient room includes help for the bedside nurse. It includes treating the family as a part of the care team, allowing collaboration with physicians and family and nurses, all the caregivers at the same time. I think going into the future, the things that are the art of the possible, you think about ambient voice. Walk into a room, uh, you know, uh, the room can recognize you through RTLS tags or something. They know you're a physician, a nurse. They can automatically help you with that documentation. Start that dialogue, start collecting that, and hopefully uh, in the future again, be able to put it into the medical record where it can be uh, viewed and used for care in the future. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that um, that's certainly a lot of what I'm hearing is what are the things that, uh, what are the tasks that are very clearly replaceable that are, um, or, or where a, a virtual presence or something similar uh, can be automated or taken off of the, the nurse so they're not spending 30% of their time in front of a keyboard mm-hmm. um, in that interface and able to spend that same time in front of patients. Um, that they would normally be keying stuff in. That sounds like a, a really critical, a really critical link. How do you uh, talk about the HR side of things? What's what's happening there? 
gosh, in my world, um, HR was always important uh, and it was always a function that uh, kind of almost behind the curtain, I would say, you know, it just, it operated, everybody did their role. But I think during the pandemic, HR became a top priority of many organizations. And now it is, how do you have the best onboarding experience? How do you find the best colleagues? How do you retain those colleagues? And what does um, a modern workplace look like? So thinking about from your core base foundation systems to the mm-hmm. way you can engage people and understand the temperature of your organization, how you can help them with career pathing, um, just really creating a vision for the future around um, your workplace. Yeah. How um, and, and so knowing that that is that that's gone from a more uh, probably a parallel function to what a lot of organizations would look at, look at to one of the most critical components uh, you know from my understanding one of the most critical com- equations for hospitals survival um right now what are some of the ways that as you were thinking about solving for those opportunities what are what are some of the things on the horizon that are exciting there what's what's some of the technology that's coming forward that's letting you address those issues better um there's a few things in the works you know i think in the past we really focused on hr as an operations and so now user experience and how people engage with the platforms and really make it easy is top of mind so there's a lot of uh, focus groups around, you know, the casual users of these platforms. How do you make their day-to-day job easier? And I think that's a, a little bit of table stakes. Then there's our engagement platforms, your recognition platforms. What can you do that really fuels an organization and gets them excited about your mission and what they're doing and their contributions to the the mission every day? And then you think about the industry. Um, I'm really excited about a digital credentialing project that we're involved in. That's not just my company's focus, but an industry focus. And it's almost like you think about um, you're carrying you you as a patient are responsible for your electronic health record. Well, you as um, Mm -hmm. an, an employee are also can own your credentials and they're verified credentials. And so if you're applying for a job at company A, or, and B, you just can share those verified credentials and waiting for background checks and things like that to take place is taken out of the equation. It's already done. It will help you get to um, um, onboarding faster and uh, more accurate. Yeah, that, that makes great sense. And certainly something is, as we look at um, the technology surrounding various forms of identity verification and things like that. That's certainly a fast evolving world right now that I could definitely see having some good implications in, in HR for sure. Um, talk about, so then the, the other part of your triad here, uh, when we're looking at the whole access world and, you know, we, I know that security and identity is, right in the crosshairs of a lot of conversations currently. What's HCA looking at there? How is AI factoring into uh, in, into that, especially as it pertains, I'm guessing privacy is part of this equation in, in some ways. So curious to get your perspective on that. I always like to start out with identity and access is the elephant in the room. It is. Um, 
you know, years and years of good decisions that have put organizations in places where they're facing um, a mountain in a lot of times, you know, it's just a, you need a transformation in this space. And I think we're no different than anybody else that we're trying to figure out, you know, what does the world of identity look like in five or 10 years and how do you make it frictionless? but absolutely secure so that you know that every time my hands hit the keyboard that you know who Nicole is and that this is the right kind of data for her to be accessing. And so you look at the future for identity and access, I think um, it is um, it is making it from the day one that you arrive in an organization that you have access to everything that you need to provide care, to do your uh, job, most effectively as possible, but not providing too much access and making sure that you have great controls, that um, you understand how your data is being used and where it's going and what's being done with it. And so we're really excited about a journey um, of really kind of looking at our legacy platforms and envisioning what they can be in the future, incorporating your cloud journey into it, making sure that uh, we understand what it is in this new, hey, people are working remotely. We might have global capabilities in the future. Like, how does this all play into an identity and access strategy that protects your critical asset, your data, but also allows people to do their um, their job at the top of their license? Yep. Yeah, just reducing that friction and the accuracy seems like a really big opportunity for for that right now, because I know, I mean, it's tough. I, I definitely have seen the friction as a patient. I've seen it, mm-hmm. and I've I've watched the uh, the clinicians deal with it too. Just uh, you know, my first person experiences and having to ask the same questions over and over, having to you know, just watch them having the bad you know scan badges and do things that seem like doesn't seem like a lot, but when you have to do it thirty times a day, it's a lot. Yes, it and, is. And and that can be a that can be a real drain on when, when you're looking at people that you need every moment of their time on the floor to be optimally productive. That's a that's a critical critical part of the equation for sure. Many of our caregivers have up to thirty systems they need to access in a day. Yeah, and and so how many logins does that represent? <laughs> because it's it's not just a one and done when not. they're <laughs> that is. Uh, yeah, clearly a a big issue. Um, so Nicole, as as I think about um, you know, and, and knowing that our audience is really interested in uh, ultimately getting a part of your attention at some point, um, how what are some of the channels? What are you, you already talked about? First person introductions, which is clearly you know, if you know somebody, that's that's a great path. Um, and, and we're assuming that there's not a warm introduction here, that there's not a a first easy way in. What are some of the channels that where you are taking notice of things and getting, um, getting informed? What are, what are some of the things you're tuned into that help you stay abreast of things? Yeah, I think we're, you know, always scanning the horizon to see what's out there. We work closely with, um, a number of consultant partners. We use industry papers, um, you know, the headlines, things that are being talked about. Um, I also think we also look at our industry colleagues and see what, you know, what's everybody doing? That's one of the things I love about the healthcare industry 
in general is that we tend to share. Um, I don't know. I don't feel that it's that competitive when it comes to, hey, there are these solutions that exist out there and this is all mine. It is, oh, this is a great solution and it brings healthcare forward. You should know about it. And so I think having some successes and um, referrals from other folks that you've been engaged with always opens doors and tends to open our ears as well. So I think there's just a, a multitude of channels. Um, a lot of, you know, one of the things I love about here in Nashville, Tennessee, is that the fact that we do have a pretty tight knit tech community. And um, I feel like we have a tight nonprofit community. And I think when people ask you to pay attention to something or you're at a networking event, you, you tend to um, you tend to open up the doors and give people time. That's, that's definitely good to know. What are um, are there conferences or events that you're that you spend time at or, or what are some of your priorities there? Yeah, you know, um, Gartner does a really nice job for us when we think about conferences and healthcare related uh, many of my colleagues, myself included, many times have um, attended hymns and, you know, kind of walked the floors with everybody else to see, hey, what's interesting out there and what sparks your interest. Um, there there was Vive here in town. I know that a lot of people um, enjoyed having the opportunity to have that in our back backyard so that we could attend there and get exposure to folks. I think... Um, yeah, all of those are important. Health is out there. You know, I think it just kind of ebbs and flows on where we participate and what we do. But we definitely try to go to at least one or two a year. And when you say we, who's who's uh, on the team that are, is out there doing that type of stuff? Yeah, so me and my colleagues. So you think about uh, Paul Curry, who's heads up our enterprise architecture strategy. Yeah. He he tends to spend a lot of time, you know, kind of really in the three to five year range looking out, out in advance to us. I think, uh, you know, there's probably, uh, gosh, how many people at Marty's table? I think probably 12 or 14. And so kind of all my colleagues were responsible for different service lines, everything from our group purchasing organization and our revenue cycle to um, implementing our EHR and uh, data, data science, right? So everybody's kind of industry um, or service line driven. So um, you just mentioned a table of uh, 14 or 15 people that uh, would in a lot of health systems would maybe be two or three. Um, so what is the current number of ACA facilities? We have um, 183 ish. facilities each, give or take a day. But we really uh, look at ourselves as, um, you know, an ecosystem, right? We have over 2,200 access points. So everything from imaging centers, urgent cares, freestanding EDs, physician clinics, um, cancer clinics. So everything that a patient could need on their healthcare journey, we want to make sure we're there for. And then most of those access points are connected to one of our hospitals in case that they never need those services. So, so 2,200 access points. Um, talk about, you know, there, there's certainly, as I think about managing information technology in that, <laughs> in that broad of a, a spectrum, talk about some of the challenges you guys encounter with, with doing that, because it's, it's a colossal task. It requires a whole lot of smart uh, you know, and, and and certainly HCA has the 
um, reputation of, of really looking at innovative ways of doing things, efficient ways of doing things. Um, and it can't happen overnight. It's not a, it's not a, uh, it's not a super nimble, uh, organization just by the fact that it's so large. So what are some of the factors as you guys are looking at deploying things across the system? How, how are you looking at vetting? How are you looking at testing? How, how do you approach um, the implementation of new technology when we're looking at a, a pretty gigantic organization? You know, in, um, in the future, the way we'd want to see ourselves is um, how does things embed in the workflow? And if there is a solution out there for a nurse, for example, how does that solution embed in the current workflow and become almost seamless to that nurse that it's there when they need it? So you have to think about one, usability, you know, what is it like to interface with? Two, um, access, does it integrate with our current identity and access management solutions? Three, data, how do you get data from it so that we can use it in um, data science and other capabilities? Um, and just pure integration, I think, you know, having open APIs and things that are easy to get data in and out of is absolutely key to anything we do in the future. What are, um, and, and so when you look at some of the, the standards and some of the practices that HCA holds, what, what are things that you frequently see people surprised by or caught off guard by or not prepared for? Um, as far as some of the standards that you're looking for? Yeah, I think uh, one, you know, again, it's it's just a complex environment um, and there are a lot of controls in place. So I think, um, you know, when we when we look at working with a new vendor, there's a pretty rigorous uh, security assessment up front. And we have we have a good process, but, um, you know, I'm not sure that smaller organizations are always ready for it. However, I think um, looking at us as a large organization, we've gotten better about helping small organizations be ready for it as well. Right. So our findings hopefully help that organization grow and help them be better for the for the next company they want to work with. Um, Our contracting process is not simple. There's a, a lot of uh, years of findings and things built into our contracts. And I would just say, hey, don't be intimidated by it. Let's sit down and have a conversation and work kind of through the big rocks all at the same time. Um, and then I guess just volume and scale, right? When you think about anything that we do, lots of solutions work in a one-off environment. So it's easy to put it into one doctor's office or one hospital. But when you think about the fact that you want it to work across an enterprise, it gets pretty complex for even for us who've done it for years, but especially new entrants into the market. So just understanding that that is a lot more difficult than people often realize. But hopefully we've learned enough um, over the years as well where we can help people succeed in that. You talked about um, some clinicians having 30 logins, uh, which is um, a testimony to the, uh, the challenges that surround various point solutions for, uh, you know, for the clinical environment. Talk about how, what your organization's doing now in and around point solutions and working, you know, trying to simplify what's possible trying to you know increase interoperability 
Uh, how how are you guys looking at that, and what would uh, what would health tech companies do well to understand as you guys are are working to uh, simplify the clinician and the patient experience? We've done a a pretty good job over the last while about single sign-on. And so hopefully once you get into um, one machine, you're there and can have access to lots of other applications without having to uh, log into each. It complicated it when we introduced um, smartphones. And so we have over 100,000 iPhones out there in the hands of our clinicians. But every good idea tends to be an app now. And um, we have yet to crack that uh, nut about single sign-on for our uh, smartphones because we have shared devices. And so people can dock a device and pick up a new one and all their data is transferred. And so getting to a point where we can have seamless integration of our mobile solutions would absolutely be key. And then I believe, you know, on the back end, um, We'll, we'll get to a point where we'll be able to use our data and hopefully create solutions with partners that um, that already fit into our ecosystem, that we have standards going out of the gate where, you know, hey, this is, this is a toolkit that helps you integrate and do single sign-on. So I haven't done this research, so I don't know what's out there. Um, so disclosure there. But where are you guys in the process of the development of an AI policy and how are you approaching AI as it, as it, you know, as we're looking at the ethics, as we're looking at uh, the privacy elements, how, how is that taking shape currently at HCA? I'd say it's not squarely in my wheelhouse, but I'll um, say eyes wide open. Um, You know, we have a lot to learn like everybody else in this space. I think there's a lot of hope and promise for the future of what AI can bring us. But we also know, I think as individuals, we've all played with different AI solutions and we know often it's a starting point, right? You've got to use your own thoughts and your experience and apply to what AI gives you. So I think figuring out the balance between um, how you use AI to help guide and get you to an answer fast, but realizing there's always going to be a clinician in the loop when you start making decisions, likely, um, you know, definitely in healthcare because it's complex and every individual is different. Yeah. There might be more opportunities in the back end where things are more standard and uh, repeatable mm-hmm. in processes. Good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly going to... I think eyes wide open is right. I've never seen um, as bright a firestorm as we've had in the last 18 months in and around that space. It's a it's a super critical area. And one of from my vantage point, one of the biggest opportunities for truly helping clinicians. Agreed. Um, and so it's it's really exciting in that regard. Um, so I'm I'm curious if I'm uh, as I'm looking at your realm if you had a you know i'm i'm handing you the virtual magic wand here nicole and so we're going to take each of your your three areas here if you could solve today if you had the magic wand and could solve one problem in and around nursing information technology what would that what would that one problem be um i would have a modern patient room where any new solution, any new idea can plug in and you can scale it quickly. So think about a room that is already has a camera um, and audio 
it has a television, it has um, wireless points where somebody comes up with a solution that can help a bedside nurse today, we can deploy it quickly without having to go in and go, oh, I've got to put a different type of camera in a room. I've got to install this. And when you're thinking about 45,000 beds, it takes a long time. And so if I had a magic wand right now, I'd have a modern patient room where any solution you could plug and play quickly and get value and help help our patients and all of our caregivers. Yeah, that stuff is coming. It certainly is. is. Uh, So, okay, HR. You have the HR magic wand now. What would be the thing that you would want to be able to solve? Um, I would like to figure out how um, you can really predict and help and gain feedback on employee retention. What makes a difference to every colleague and what what every you every person is unique and everybody has something that drives them differently. And I think in healthcare we all have a common goal, right? We all want to transform healthcare. We're all patients. Our loved ones are all patients. And so I think we have that as a a grounding mission. So then what helps, what's the next layer that will make you feel like you are um, able to work at the top of your talents and do the most and add the most value to the organization that you can? Great. And then the, uh, the last, the last one, the last, uh, stool or the last leg on the stool here on uh, identity and access. If you could have, you get the magic wand. It, it's a hundred percent frictionless. We know who you are before you walk in the door and we know the who you are when you walk out the door. And so how do you make that experience so easy um, that a nurse never has to worry whether or not she'll have access to what she needs to care for a patient? And you know what, from my perspective, as I listen to you, what, what, I feel it like is exciting is that you're not too far, I don't think. And easy for me to say, because I'm not overseeing 2,200 uh, points of access, but um, you're closer to those things being reality than we were uh, even three years ago. I mean, I'm much closer. And so I think there's some, some real hope of some of that uh, coming to coming to fruition in the not too distant future, I hope. I agree. I hope for all of us, I agree. especially for you. <laughs> I think um, technology has never been more important to healthcare and transforming healthcare and the way we deliver care than it is right now. And I think there's a big opportunity for all of us to work together to solve this and to make it better for the future. So if, um, if you had a set of, you know, a couple concise advice points for people who are working in health tech companies, trying to make, trying to make connections with organizations like yours, what would, what would be some of your top headline points you'd want? And we've talked about a number of them here, but if, you know, just kind of, again, pulling it back to the, to simplifying it to the primary takeaways, what would, what would be some of the things you would want them to uh, make sure they're coming with an awareness of? Uh, know the real problem you're trying to solve. Uh, understand kind of where that is in the healthcare landscape and the company landscape. Know that scalability is paramount. Um, it's not easy, but people are willing to work with you on it. So uh, I would say, you know, admit that up front, right? It's, it's not easy to scale and to go enterprise-wide anywhere. So understand that it's going to need help. Um, and then uh, be a great partner. 
How do you get feedback? How do you iterate together? How do you dream about the future and set that vision collectively so that you can get something that people are really excited about trying, doing, uh, growing? Awesome. What, what, what's been the, um, I guess, what's been one of your surprise, delight uh, discoveries in the last six months or so? What's something that you've seen come forward that you were like, there it is, or that's that's really exciting. I, I think we're on the doorstep of something really special with this virtual nursing platform, virtual care platform. Actually, it's bigger than nurses, right? It's uh, case yeah. management, being able to collaborate with the family on where the patient is going. Uh, it is physicians being able to get advice from specialists when they need it. It is a whole kind of virtual care concept. I believe that is really going to help us transform healthcare. That's that's great, and and I would agree. Of of the things that I've that have come across my uh, viewfinder recently, that I can from from my seat on the bus, which is certainly several steps removed from yours, but just as a as a person who knows something about the realm and who's been in the uh, in the seat of a of a patient, I I can quickly see how that could be helpful because I watch the struggle of a lot of the clinicians as they are trying to make it happen and it's not enviable that's for sure so nicole is there anything else anything you would want uh, a company to know any 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 secrets uh that you would want to bring forward here that would be good pearls of wisdom to depart as uh, as we conclude you know i think um Again, technology is the opportunity to transform healthcare and to think about alternate care models. Um, be willing to iterate and dream with somebody about, you know, how, how you can make an environment uh, more friendly, um, impact better outcomes, sustainable, thinking about, you know, just the future in general. I think, um, People, nurses, physicians, they're busy. They're always running around. Their hands are always in use. So how do you think about ways to engage with them that doesn't require their hands? It doesn't require them logging into a device. What does that future look like where we can really help them um, as they are just caring for patients? That's great. And I really want to thank you for taking the time today and for what you had the opportunity to share. It's Definitely a goldmine and and very consistent with a lot of what I've been hearing and see happen and emerge in this space. So um, I'm not at all surprised to see uh, and to hear the HCA is kind of on the forefront of looking at some of those issues and really eager to see some of this start to take root and expect that it will here soon. So uh, Nicole Trimblett, thank you so much for joining us today on Healthcare Market Matrix. Thanks, John. Look forward to top updating you in the future. 